I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come to look, looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. By request, today's sermon is going to be an interactive sermon. So there are going to be two times today when I invite you to talk to the person next to you and to share some thoughts or ideas. And then I'm going to ask for volunteers to share with the group. And let me tell you, there will be volunteers. Daily Plaza in Chicago, March 2019. A crowd of several thousand fills the plaza, pouring out into the surrounding roads. The CPD has been deployed to redirect traffic around the event. A general murmur fills the brisk morning air as everyone waits for the speaker to step up to the podium. They can see him standing by the platform with his associates all bundled up against the biting wind. Jesus, the prophet, had been meeting with the religious leaders in Chicago for several days before continuing his national preaching tour to the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. He now addresses the people of Chicagoland about their need for repentance. Take a moment and talk with somebody sitting near you about what sins Jesus might call us to repent from in the metropolitan area. All right, to these, I might add things like uh, speaking lies or falsely about God, things like God doesn't love you, God doesn't care, God has not saved you, things like political self-interest, codes of silence, unequal education opportunities, unequal access to clean water, 
There are so many things that we could put on this list. And I wouldn't be surprised if most of these examples came from newspapers. I know mine certainly did. They come from newspapers rather than things that we find within ourselves, failings that we find within ourselves. The sinner is often that other person, perhaps even somebody that we love to hate. The rich, the powerful, celebrities, millennials, simpletons, the overeducated. Never us. We tend to demand an account for the thoughtless word and action from those around us while excusing ourselves from such an accounting. But this easy road leads only to death. The press squeezes in around Jesus, suffocating him with cameras and with microphones. Someone asks him to comment on the recent mass shooting at Christchurch, at the mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand. Jesus replies, Do you think that because these New Zealanders suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than any other New Zealanders? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Or what about the 189 who were killed when the Boeing 737 crashed? Do you think that they were worse offenders than anyone else who flies on planes? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will perish as they did. Terrible tragedies are not evidence that those who suffered are somehow worse people than we are, somehow less deserving of life than we are. Tragedy and so-called acts of God are not, I repeat, not God's punishment for sin. Still, without repentance, all roads eventually lead to death. Repentance is clearly a matter of life and death. Perhaps a modernized version of Jesus' parable will help us understand. A local animal shelter took in a dog after a hurricane. The dog was untrusting and not suited for companionship. One day, the owner of the shelter told the manager, See here, for three years we have boarded this dog, and it is as unadoptable as it was the day we took it in. Euthanize it. Why should it be wasting kennel space and kibble? But the manager said, let it alone for one more year, until I give it a safe and loving home and specialized training. If it is a good companion next year, well and good. But if not, you can euthanize it. The dog is on a road to destruction. It depends on human companionship to receive what it needs. Yet despite three years of painstaking care, the dog continues to mistrust its caretakers and is suspicious of their intentions. It is worth noting that mistrust was Israel's capital offense as they wandered between Egypt and the Promised Land. An entire generation died in the wilderness because they dismissed God's signs of grace as unimportant and were convinced that God was trying to kill them. 
yet like the kennel owner and the manager. God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Judgment is delayed so that the sinner may be rehabilitated. All roads eventually lead to death, but only one road leads back into life. The road to eternal life is marked with with God's grace, signs of God's grace through the ages. The gift of creation, water from a rock, manna in the desert, the stone tablets of the covenant, and a multitude of prophets, all signs of God's grace made tangible here on earth. In these last days, God has given us one more sign of grace, speaking to us by God's only Son. A new covenant has been made with us in Christ's blood, a covenant that transcends tribe and custom, a covenant founded on the very life force of God poured out for mistrusting sinners like you and me. God's life force has been poured out through Christ for us, for the shooter and for the victims who were gunned down in Christ church, and for the victims of the Boeing tragedies. In such tragedies, we may not be able to find any other sign of grace than this, that God suffers our sin and our death in Christ so that we might share Christ's life in God. Now take a moment and think about a trial that you have been through. How was God's love made manifest for you? How was it tangible, touchable for you during that time of trial? Or where was God lenient with you or gracious towards you? Now please turn to someone near you and briefly share your experience with them. I have a story that I would like to share as well. It comes from my first year of seminary when I had I'd been out running and I had caught my foot in a rabbit hole and broke my ankle. And uh, I spent the whole first semester hobbling around on crutches. And uh, so that was a semester that we took Greek. There's nothing harder than learning an ancient dead language that nobody speaks anymore. And uh, I had a paper due for this, for this language at the end of the semester, and I was getting close to the point where I was going to be off crutches. But um, I didn't get my paper done in time. And that was a, a huge thing for me because I came from a university that was very competitive academically, just the culture of the university was very competitive, high stress, high pressure. The high school I attended, very similar. And so to not complete a paper to me was just this, this great and terrible thing. And I was sure that my professor was, would be all too happy to give me an incomplete on it. Well, I took the paper to my professor, ready to turn it in, and she looked at me and she said, why don't you hold on to this and take the time that you need to complete it? I said, how much time is that going to be? It, it doesn't matter, just when you finished it, when you have it where you want it, then turn it in. 
It was an incredible moment of grace for me. To know that here's somebody who had every right to give me an incomplete on that paper. And yet, she chose to give me that extra time to be able to bring that paper to where I needed it to be. And for me, that was the first time in my academic life where I was able to let go of some of that perfectionism and to accept that Greek is hard. Writing this paper was hard. And that moment of grace not only helped me get the paper you know, completed, so it was, it, I actually got a, a, a B on it, I think, but it also helped me to let go of that need to try to be perfect academically for the first time in my life. And that was something that I was truly thankful for. St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, March 2019. Jesus has continued on his journey, and we are left with standing beneath a sign of grace. Now we can either continue on this road, marked by signs of grace, or we can return to the road that is unmarked. All roads eventually lead to death. But the road marked by grace is the only road that leads back to life. So let us walk it in faith, trusting in God who has come once more, seeking us and placing our feet on this road. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.